Welcome to Recommissioned, a bi-weekly podcast where we go back to watch Battlestar Galactica. Each week, I'm joined by my good pal Matt, who has only seen the episodes up to the one we're covering. Now, I've seen them all. And this week, we're talking Season 2, Episode 5, The Farm. I don't believe she was in her right mind when she shot Boomer. Did you love her? Excuse me? Boomer, did you love her? Thought I did. When you think you love somebody, you love them. That's what love is. Thoughts. She was a Cylon. A machine. Is that what Boomer was? A machine? She was more than that to us. She was more than that to me. She was a vital living person. Aboard my ship. For almost two years. She couldn't have been just a machine. Could you love a machine? Mr. Anderson, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited to talk about the farm. I've been waiting on bated breath to discuss this particular episode with you. Waiting to hear about you talk about your girl, Starbuck, who jammed a piece of mirror into a Cylon's neck to escape the clutches of the evil Cylon farm. Lots of things were talked about in this particular episode of Battlestar Galactica, Mr. Anderson. Lots was said possible motivations behind the Cylons, or is it more treachery? I don't know. Do you? I'm still unsure. As with everything with the Cylons, I am the most interested in it and the most confused by it. I'm still like, fuck, I don't know. I don't know what these damn fucking toasters are thinking. Yeah. Well, what'd you think of the farm? Dude, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm not. It's not competing for like favorite episode or anything of all time, but it's a damn solid episode. Uh, and actually, of of anything, I'm not sure what you were looking forward to talk to the talking about the most. Very excited to talk about the return of Adama uh, and mm. some surprises that that I did not expect to see out of him. Really, yeah. yeah. Very curious about his whole feelings this episode. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I remembered the farm very fondly because of the moment where Starbuck realizes that this man is a Cylon. I love this type of tension where we realize he calls her Starbuck. Never told you my call sign. This stuff is so cool for me. I like these tense moments where you know something big is going to happen. And uh, I thought it worked really well. Um, it was nice to see Adama's return. I like this episode quite a bit, man. I think it's really good. Um, I like yourself. I don't. Is it one of the best ones yet? I don't think so, but I really enjoyed it. I like the Starbucks stuff. There's right. a couple of wonky things, but I think that's more about the time of this show and yeah. where some of the struggles still remain. And I do want to say this in relation to that. Uh, I'm specifically talking about the combat. Um, but I will say that I think, I think Battlestar Galactic is a show that does require physical confrontations and conflicts, but I sometimes wonder, do you require full scale sort of fighting or can you get away with a lot of the more clandestine type of stuff? Um, because I think it works better with a dramatic tension and that's what it comes down to is making sure the combat serves a purpose and it has dramatic tension. I really recall Starbuck getting hit. That was a memorable moment that stood out to me. It was fun to rewatch that again. Yeah. 
a lot of stuff from Sharon and what she has going on. And interesting, man. All around, I'm looking forward to, to diving into this week's episode and getting after it. Yes, sir. And, you know, and I was thinking about holding on to this until getting into the section, but I kind of wanted to jump to it now. I, when once Starbuck is in the hospital, the hospital and we're seeing her in there, we're seeing her suspicious of the doctor and everything. I kept being, I kept being reminded of this short story I read years and years ago. And I was like, this feels so much like that short story. It's got to be an homage. And I ended up looking it up. Have you ever read Beware of the Dog by Roald Dahl? No. Dude. So I've thought about this story for years. And I obviously, a listener, you know that I did not go and research if that was the inspiration behind this episode because I didn't want to accidentally come across any spoilers. I'm still spoiler free and I'm vengeantly keeping it that way. But I have a strong suspicion that uh, this indeed was kind of the basis of this section of the episode because it's a World War II story about a pilot going down, a British pilot going down uh, and waking up in a hospital to all these English nurses talking to him and him slowly realizing over time that they're actually German uh, in disguise and getting ready to get information out of him. And his last confirmation of it is when he looks out a window, doesn't see much, but it, it makes off in the distance. There's a sign that says, beware of dog, but it's in German. And finally, when an RAF officer, a fake RAF officer comes in to interrogate him, he just gives him his name, rank, and serial number. And that's the end of the story. And I was always, I was like, dude, that is so this. That is 100% this. Ah, that Roald Dahl short story. It's good shit. That's awesome. That sounds like a really cool story. It also sounds like the inspiration for for a couple of different uh, science fiction things, specifically Future Imperfect, Star Trek Mm -hmm. The Next Generation, where they have this plan to uh, get information out of Riker. So they all pretend they put Riker in this pretty advanced simulation where um, they pretend that they're, they're in the deep future, but really he was just captured right. by Romulans. And, they and he, put, thinks, he thinks that it's a Star Trek series set before the original, but, but that never actually happened, right? <laughs> is that, what is that from? <laughs> That's, that's that the Enterprise? final episode of the fucking Enterprise. Oh, God. It's no, all it's in Riker's that. head. Uh, no, yeah, future, he was watching a historical yeah. hologram. Gross. Future <laughs> Imperfect is um, is more like he comes back in command and, and uh, Data's in the command branch now and everyone's older and Picard's older and there's peace with the Romulans and they're trying to use that to trick him to get information but they fuck up and he discovers it's rules and then he realizes, oh, this is just an elaborate ploy to where they think that you, so it's cool. You know, they, they, they transport him in. He doesn't feel like any time's passed. And then they're all like, oh no, we're old. They're all old, but they're all, it's all hologram. It's all facade to try to get information from him. So I'm sure based on what you're telling me about that story, it's inspired many a different tales. Mm-hmm. I like uh, it a lot. Love it. Cool. So we're going to dive right into the opening here. Let's talk about this. We'll talk about <laughs> we, uh, Starbuck and Anders. Yeah, we did uh, indeed predict this, which I don't think was a shock. <laughs> yep. that at the well, end of their pyramid game, they I didn't look each other up and down. That's, you predicted it, I think. Well, well, true. <laughs> I guess you already knew. Yeah. But uh, I was like, yeah, they're going to they gonna fuck. Like, that's for sure going to happen. And uh, hey, good for Starbuck. Getting her some. Yeah. Good Breaking off a piece of that D. <laughs> as it were, oh, yeah. after a rousing game of, but yeah, what a, what an open. We go right to where they are, and it's um, Starbuck. What do you think of uh, their interactions, their behavior, their chemistry? What's said, and tell me about you. Give me your take on this scene. And if and if you don't remember, it's been a while. She wakes up in bed with Anders. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, as this scene opened up the way it did, and we're starting to go into it, I was like, I don't know how I feel about 
a really like big romantic chemistry being forced between these two. But at the end of this scene, even I was like, you know what? This works. Like he's, they're very similar. Like I like the way he talks to her. I'm like, I could see Starbuck responding nice to this guy. He's like, you always a bitch in the morning. And I'm like, right. that's something she would say. <laughs> like they, they kind of, I, I like how they, it's like a, a little whirlwind fling here. And I'm like, I can buy that. Like not everything has to be a huge built up romance and earned over all this time. I'm like, it is believable for two people to get together kind of quickly at a, you know, apocalyptic situation, essentially. Sure. I'm like, I'm, I'm fine with that. And I, I like her letting her guard down a little bit in front of this guy because they do seem really similar and they, they play off of each other well. Like, the chemistry is believable, man. Now, Matthew, I am not a therapist. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. Uh, whoa. I've, I have told you a lot of stuff <laughs> off no. of the mic. It's Fuck. true. Well, I'm not a therapist, but I will say this. I love the writing here. And I love the way it's played, that she's instantly tough on him. As yeah. soon as she wakes up, she breaks his balls. And it's, a, <laughs> and it's a defense mechanism with this type of character, right? right? Guy or girl, they are defensive because maybe they are afraid to admit that they enjoy that a little more than they wanted to. And I don't just mean the sex, but just the intimacy and the closeness. Right. So now she's going to break his balls and try to, try to stiff arm him right away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Makes sense for a Starbucks character, doesn't it? That's totally her. Through and through. Yep. And uh, you're right. He he kind of gives it back to her and they fuck around a little and he's cool, like, you know. I like I've I always liked the introduction of Anders. I always thought he was believable right away. And like you said, here's a guy unconnected to all the bullshit. I mean, he is right. in the larger scheme and, and that is you're all facing extinction, but He's not Lee. He's not somebody connected to the ship. It's somebody not that's... Gaius. <laughs> yeah, it's a good-looking guy, a fucking professional athlete that she can blow off some steam with, and and uh, we kind of go from there. But we don't get much time to linger on this because they, uh, they're they moving out. I'm looking for this uh, Cylon uh, airstrip, this uh, refueling stop, and they're going to make this attack, but they get ambushed out here, don't they? Very quickly, man. Like yep. they, they're barely able to even talk about their their plan of ambushing this place. Kara talks about you know blowing it up, taking out the fuel lines, and yep. then immediately they're just getting lit up. Yep, they get they get attacked pretty hard. Uh, what do you think about this? What do you think about this moment with the the music kind of coming in the slow mo? The realization she's been hit. Did it, dude? I would, I'm embarrassed to admit how long it took me to realize something was wrong with her. I was like, "Why is she acting so weird? What's going on?" Like, I had to see her hand pull away in the blood for me to be like, "Wait, she's shot!" Like when she stands there, kind of transfixed, and when she drops the gun, I actually thought it was going to be some big. This is this is what this fucking show is doing to me, to me. By the way, man, I kept thinking like, "Oh God, is she a Cylon? Like, is, did she just get <laughs> turned on by the Cylons?" I'm like, "Oh, what's happening? Oh fuck, she's dropping her gun. She's being like deactivated." But then, oh, oh, she just got shot. It's war, and she just got it's shot. It's made you paranoid. It has, dude. That's I have great. like a fucking BSG tinfoil hat that I'm like afraid of Cylons reading my thoughts. Right. Makes sense. Uh, But awesome. I thought this was uh, very cinematic. I enjoyed it. I liked the the way it was, uh, you know, a wound and down she goes. There's no bullshit running around getting shot heroic stuff. I thought, I just thought it was a realistic reaction to getting gut shotted and dumped down onto the earth. But I do want to say, hey, bros, (laughs) where are you going? Everybody runs away. Hey, Hilo. Like, okay, I can see a pyramid team. Hauling ass. Yo, Hilo. Yeah. Yo, actual soldier. 
And fuck? guess what? Doesn't feel anything about it later. He's like, oh, it was chaos. You forgot and separated. I, I kind of think that at the end of the episode anyway, but I'm, I'm going to sort of pin this for now. But I will say, I feel like that is a missed opportunity mm. where maybe Hilo could have felt bad about it or whatever. I'm not saying make a whole subplot, but right. even if he just was like, I fucked up, you know, I fucked up and she broke his balls a little. I just, I was going to say, I they feel all like all ran. They were right there. It's not like she was, it's not like she was flanking and cut off or it wasn't like she was a scout and never returned or got ambushed as a scout or sniped out or it's like they're yeah. all around and they just scatter, which scatter. I get it. There's panic, there's chaos. Everyone scatters. Everyone's trying to get cover. But I mean, the truck's right there. You don't. The truck's right there. Nobody that's, grabs that's, her, and I don't know. It just seemed that that was a little yeah. bit wonky to me. I agree. I actually do agree uh, overall. Although I actually kind of like Hilo's attitude about it later because of I kind of like it being almost a a little bit of the subtext of he's had his balls broken so much by by Starbucks since she's been back and judging him about Boomer and everything that he's a little bit like ah, she's fine, she's fine, she'll be fine. Like I'm not mm-hmm. gonna I'm not gonna sit there and fret over it and feel too bad. And <laughs> uh, and I do also do buy it the, the fact that he does genuinely believe like she's fucking tough. She's a soldier. She can handle herself. Like I'm not as worried about her as if it was one of the fucking you know. Sports jabronis out here. There you go. Well, Anders and Starbuck uh, get ambushed, and we move right over to Adama returning to triumphant cheer, Matthew. Matthew, did you stand up out of your lazy boy with your sweaty leg pits in your your pit stains in your hot apartment and cheer and (laughs) pump your fist at the old man's return? Yeah. Did you? Dude, I was was pumped. I was pumped. It's a great moment, man. (laughs) <laughs> and fucking Gaius's annoyed clap. Oh, he's <laughs> yeah, great. Adama, Adama. <laughs> he's so great. <laughs> he's such a dick. He's such a that. narcissist. <laughs> but, I'm uh, not the vice president anymore because of you, Adama, Adama. <laughs> I'm just a simple scientist, Adama, Adama. <laughs> <laughs> Having imaginary six with a six foot tall supermodel, Adama, Adama. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad to be back, he says, and he continues to say, there are things we don't often say enough, things like what we mean to one another. All of you mean a lot to me. I just want you to know that. Let's get back to work. That's the closest you'll ever hear from me saying love out loud. He's been pretty, um, you know, I will say this for the old man, for his craggy ass hard face. We have seen moments of emotion from him, specifically with Starbuck, with Lee, oh, and now sure. with this. Yeah. But I do imagine this among just the crew of the ship who he's addressing, this is like the sweetest thing he's ever said. In a, in a, I, I would say in a group setting. I could see him being that right. way in private with any one of them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He admits feeling strange, closer to the ground. He tells Ty. I love that. Oh, I love that line. The fugitives are being tracked. Mm-hmm. By the way, lovely thing for Adama to wake up to, finding out his boy ran off. Mm-hmm. With the president, who he he had already, you know, dethroned. And uh, and also finding out that Boomer is not, you know, has not only been a Cylon that shot him, but is dead. She was dangerous enough, but now with Lee helping. I want to search every ship in the fleet. Quarantine procedures. Isolate the ship out of the main body. If it's clean, we keep it quarantined away from the rest of the fleet. Fucking calling the herd. Love it. Get the sheepdogs. She can hide, but she can't run. Mm, It's good lines. Mm. Good lines. 
Honestly, so, I love that that moment where he says, "I feel closer to the ground." Yeah, and I feel like that comes that comes back later. That's awesome. What do you think? Um, I know you were talking about his behavior uh, or some shocking moments. Is the start here? Uh, a little bit, a little bit more so later on. But uh, yeah, I kept waiting for how. What is his judgment call? on Lee and and like I knew he was going to wake up and still be very hard on Rosalind like if not even harder but I'm like with Lee's leaving I was really curious about how this is going to play out yeah. um and I still oh man I'm still not 100% sure but he he seems the way he you know plays it anyways in front of everybody else is that he's going to be equally as hard on Lee but I don't know yeah for sure we go to the Kimba Huda cold storage Zarek reports that the Quorum of Twelve is deliberating their decision to support Roslyn, right? <laughs> so apparently he's uh, making inlines to the Quorum of Twelve, this civilian body, and uh, they are not sure if they're going to support her yet. They're probably still feeling out this whole thing and trying to wrap their head around it because they probably don't have great information as to what is going on. Right. What do you think of this unlikely team-up? Of Zarek and Rosalind, mm. or Zarek and Adam, I mean, uh, Lee, all of them. Yeah, all of them. It's it's interesting. And honestly, I love that Lee can't do it and that Rosalind can. That's a perfect, mm-hmm. that is a perfect character moment of Lee goes all the way through, you know, you know, because it's Zarek's idea. We need something to, to rally to the, you know, the people, something personal and heartfelt, like a father denouncing his son. And Lee goes 75% of the way, but he's still like, I can't do it. I yep. can't say this to my dad. And it Rosalind's starts with like, Rosalind right. by saying, we need to make an appeal to the people, right? And that's right. when Zarek says, listen, the Astral Queen will support you if your case is compelling enough. And that's when Zarek reports that Adam is back in command. And then he says, we need a drastic course of action, basically. We need something heartfelt, he says, human and personal, something that will galvanize the people like a son denouncing his father. Damn, dude. Damn, Zarek, that's aggressive. It's very aggressive. <laughs> but I do like this kind of, I mean, it's it's underhanded in a sense, but I like them tugging on the fact that if the whole fleet disperses, what does the Galactica do? Because, you know, being in charge does not automatically give you power. Like, you're you're in charge technically, you know, because of your title, because you're the military. Ship, yes. This or that. But, like, if they can get all the people to just leave with them, then what does it fucking matter that they are the military shit that they have the the soldiers and the the vipers it doesn't matter it doesn't so this is interesting here because i i i love tom zarek here i think that this is a, a total play that he would make and it does another thing if there's one thing you know say what you want about zarek and we've said good and bad about him but there are times where i feel like his conviction is really powerful now I also know to, to say underhanded makes sense too because he's not the one making the statement, correct? Right. He doesn't have to put his ass out there, but he also has a point if you get ethical about it. And that's, if you really believe this, he doesn't say it this way. He, he doesn't challenge Lee ethically, which I think is smart because I don't know if that's going to be the, a good angle. He's appealing right. to him to be heartfelt to galvanize the people. So he's appealing to his, his sensibilities for the people since Lee is here. Lee being there says something to Zarek, and Zarek thinks to himself, hmm, let's test the boy. 
Mm, that's a good point. Let's see how much conviction he has if he's ready to denounce his father, Adama. And I think this is a smart play by Zarek on more than one level. Number one, I don't think it's just a shot in the dark. And if it is, then he's accidentally stumbled upon knowing a little bit more about Lee. And I think that helps Zarek because this is a, a tenuous alliance at best. Oh, yeah. It's fascinating. I really like It's an alliance of, of opportunity. Like, mm-hmm. it is. Zarek knows that he's basically ferrying around somebody who's potentially can, have, can muster up, can, like he says, galvanize all of the people. And if he gets in good with her like that, it, you know, is the, the means for her getting around transport here. I mean, that's, that's a, another avenue for him to get his fingers around power. And I think he is a much more power hungry guy than he likes to, to, to seem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a, uh, he, he calls himself a champion of, of liberty for the people and all this jazz, but he does some pretty horrific things in pursuit of that namely blowing up a building um, and, you know, things like that. So, I mean, it's, he is a fascinating character, to say the least. Definitely. Cut to Adama working on his denouncement, which, of course, like, as you pointed out, he doesn't push through. Um, I like that he destroys the tape. I like, I think that is, that is very realistic to me. I think a, totally. a weaker show he wouldn't have, and Zarek would have palmed it. And, right. Like, you just right. know and he's I- not going to be that sloppy. Exactly. And I had a moment there of when he first pressed the stop button. I was like, ooh, you better like erase that fucking shit. Sure. Because Zarek would, there's enough there for Zarek to mess with. And that's yeah, right. when he takes it out and destroys it, I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> I'm like, good on you. Very cool, right? And then, but Rosalind has a plan because she knows, is this, you know, this is, it's funny because there's such a multi layered conversation here among multi layered characters. And that's, you know, what we said about Zarek and Lee, what Lee's thinking, what he's going through. And that's, you know, he does, he did make this stance. He is making a point, but he is not ready to denounce his father um, because he knows his father. He knows what his father's trying to do. He knows his father isn't trying to be a monster. He knows his father's not trying to be a dictator. He just thinks his father's trying to do the smart play. And, it, and, and, and Lee knows that his father is thinking this religious thing is bonkers. He knows his father enough to know that. So then you have right. then you have then you have Zarek pushing him, and then when you flip that around, now you have Rosalind just sitting on the sideline, like, "Hey, you're the leader." So when as soon as Lee, it's funny, as soon as Lee decides not to do it, I have a feeling that Rosalind's almost relieved because she stands up and she says, "I'm playing the religious card. Like yeah. that, I shouldn't be hiding this. We need to do something here. Let me be the the push here. I'm the leader, not a tag that people don't even know." Right, right. And honestly, that was a, actually a brief thought I had too of like, would people, I mean, his only, his only reason to get people to listen to his announcement as it would go over the airways is that He's I am son. Lee Adama, the son of Adama. <clears throat> not that you're a CAG officer. Like they don't really, that wouldn't. That's not a big claim to fame. And also, like, he's not a public figure, even though he's the son of Aliyah Dama. I'm like, that could be faked. People might not even believe that that's him. Of course. Rosalind, on the other hand, people know her voice. People know who that is. Yep. Um, her voice alone carries that kind of weight. Um, and I still love, one of the things I love about Rosalind in this episode is, even though she is slowly, I think, becoming a real believer in all this, I mean, she's already put a, a lot on the line for the sake of the prophecies and, and her role in them and everything. But at the same time, she's always still been a little bit like, ah, but it's not really me. I'm like a politician. And I love how it's not like she stands up and has a line like, well, it is time that we just show them the light of the prophecy. She's like, ah, I'm playing the religious card. Like, yes. like still super politician about it. I'm like, I love mm-hmm. that. But she's still and, like, ah, know, fuck it, let's try this thing. And we know she has been before. And that's one of the things I like about Rosalind. She is not squeaky clean. 
Mm-hmm. We we know that Rosalind is willing to do underhanded things. She's done it. She did it when the vote came up. Remember? Fuck, that's right. I yeah, about she's that. not afraid to to play these angles. Right, right. To push push things certain ways. Indeed, and to be underhanded about it herself. So back to Starbuck in this hospital of sorts. She comes to. She's being cared to, for by a studious looking black fellow. <laughs> he says uh, she's in a hospital, an aid, an aid station, and that his name is Simon. She's obviously out of it. And he says that she was in surgery for a couple hours. He then reports that Anders brought her in, but sadly died on the table. Apparently, a piece of shrapnel nicked his aorta. And Starbuck is emotional about this. Yeah, she is, man. And I love, I love her getting upset and emotional about this because, again, it's not like she's not crying about losing her true love or like it doesn't have to be big like that. But it's it just doesn't that have to be. She got to have a moment with somebody. Got to you know, have a moment of intimacy with them, have fun with them. And they, you know, liked them enough to just work with them. And it was just a nice moment of friendship and bonding. Right. And it's just gone. And it, this person is not, it's not just gone. The person's dead. Snuffed out. Really get to, snuffed out. And, and I can totally see her breaking down over that moment. Yeah. Um, especially since also, she's wounded. She's on drugs. Totally. Yeah, I mean, it's an totally. emotional thing to, to wake up post-surgery and be all fucked up. And, and I mean, dude, with as professional and clean and like, crystalline perfect this whole room was i was just waiting for this dude to fuck up be like i'm dr sila simon simon i mean like i was like dude this is a fucking sila like did you think it immediately honestly with this show and my tinfoil hat now yeah i was very i was as suspicious as starbuck i don't think i was more suspicious than her but i when she questioned very quickly like are you a silent i was like fuck it a good good i'm glad Mm -hmm. you're on the lookout because i am too yeah she's very vigilant i remember when i first watched it i thought to myself Man, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> what the fuck? Because it, it, it is like you see how ragtag the actual resistance groups are and how they they're talking about like there's not too many other people they've come in contact with and stuff. And then this place is like a totally clean, perfectly well stocked looking hospital. I'm like, I don't know, but this looks like mm. a little too good to be true. I like how they tried to red herring it. Did it work on you at all? Where, you know, Starbucks emotional and then we cut to the next day and he says, I see you're sucking down fluids. Are you a Cylon? She just asks him. Yeah, man. I am most definitely not a Cylon. However, if I was, I certainly wouldn't admit it. <laughs> I mean, it's he plays it so well. He does. I did not fall for it, though. <laughs> yeah, I was very suspicious the whole time. Me too. <laughs> she asks to leave and uh, he says, sure. And of course, she can't get up. This is... Uh, the classic persons in a hospital room trope, right? They can't leave. They're stuck. Right. Just go ahead right. and leave. Oh, oh, it hurts, right? That's... <laughs> Ooh, pain. Yeah. Wounds. And then they can joke about him being a Cylon. He tells Kara that they're in a former mental hospital and there's indeed a resistance out there. And he hits her with some more pain meds and uh, she, of course, goes to sleep. <laughs> That's it. He keeps her knocked out pretty through and through. Indeed. Like, does, does not let her be awake very much of the time. Yeah. Um, Tyrell and Adama. Mm. Great scene. Yeah. Dude, this is such a fucking good scene. This is probably, yeah, my favorite scene of the episode, dude. I love this. It's because, really- and this to me was the biggest shock. And you can see that even Tyrell is not expecting any of this. You it's know, so good. Because he just asked him point blank, did you love her, Tyrell? And he's just like, excuse me? Like, he didn't even Yeah, he's he in dead. the middle of saying, I don't think she was in a right mind. He, I mean, he's playing the defense immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he answers with a, a full-blown backpedaling answer of, you know, well, I thought I did. 
Like saying, like knowing, well, I know I don't have permission to love her now because she's a Cylon. Right. And he I'm thinks that Dom is putting him on trial. Exactly. <clears throat> but he's and, not and at I, all. Uh, and dude, such a great line from Adama too. He's like, because he's like, well, I thought I did. And he's like, that's right. what love is. It's thoughts. When yep. you think you love somebody, you love them. So good. So fucking good. I love Adama. I missed him. I love the, I love just the basic premise of that and how simple and eloquent it is. Right. That's what love is. Thoughts. So good. <laughs> you think you love him, then you do. Pussy, get over it. You yeah, love him. Exactly. She was a Cylon, a machine. Is that what Dude. Boomer was? A machine? A thing? Oh, man. I mean, I like so watching him work it out with Tyrrell right. present. Exactly. And also, again, with Tyrrell being the one far more resistant to the idea than him. Like, you can see the room, like the, the gaps in Adama's assumptions kind of widening is like, she she wasn't a machine. Like maybe yeah, maybe she, technically she's a a thing, a Cylon. But she was a vital living person. Mm-hmm. You know, she was somebody I knew, somebody I cared about. And you can tell that he's not just saying this. He's he's saying this, questioning the whole idea of well, well, yeah, maybe you can love them. Like maybe they are more than just a machine. It's all and, subtext here. It's great. It's totally. Um, and and Tiro is not scene. quite picking up on her. Or at least he's way more afraid to. I think he's afraid to, but I think he can. S- see it i mean he's 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 not dumb he's not dumb i think he's just he he definitely i think he picks up on it at the end yeah could you love a machine oh no sir i guess i couldn't and then he just cuts right to business 30 days in the brig for cali she just charged a weapon without permission. Yep. <laughs> like I love how it's like not that she killed someone Correct. or asylum. <laughs> she just discharged a weapon. Yeah, like a drunkard. And then he has this very ominous closeout on the scene. You'll see her again, Chief. There are many Ooh. copies. You'll see her again. That is brutal too. <laughs> like, Boy. damn. Like you basically saying you're gonna be haunted. <laughs> you're gonna be haunted by Absolutely. the visage of Boomer. Yeah, I mean, this setup comes back at the end of the episode, doesn't it? Yeah, man. I mean, where are they going to, what's Boomer going to, what's going to become of Caprica Boomer? Right, right. And also, I mean, I just love the line where Adama is still talking to him about, you know, what, what is she? What, what does that mean? And, you know, he's like, she was here for two years and he's like leans into her and he, he's just making statements, mm. but he's basically asking a question. Like he leans in and says, she couldn't have just been a machine. And you can tell by the way he's like, yeah, I mean, he's like, he's wanting to ask him. He's like, she can't just be a machine, right? Like that, that, if that's what she is, then our whole assumption of what silence are is wrong. Interesting. I love it, man. Oh, I love it. This is such a good scene. I did not expect Adama, of all people, to come to these ideas and feelings, especially about Boomer, the woman who shot him and almost killed him. <laughs> like, I was like, this has, uh, this has brought some openness that I did not expect from you. Yeah, I think, you know, I think this episode, while we're, while we're riffing here, I think this episode is strong in that piece alone. Because right. we've seen Star, uh, excuse me, we've seen Boomer interact with the old man, but we we can't really understand how Adama feels about her specifically. We can't devote a ton of time to that, and I think this episode does a good job of showing it, especially when he goes to the morgue. But yeah. I mean, this oh. is uh, this is really good stuff for him to have been shot by a vital person, a person on his ship that he cares about. For her to shoot him, I mean, 
Adama only wants to protect people, to save people, to get them where they want to go. He wants to lead people. He wants people to thrive under him. And for one of those people that you care so deeply about to open fire on you, that is a serious gut check. Yeah. About all of your assumptions, where you are, your, your choices, your decisions, everything. Indeed. Back to Starbuck. How many patients do you have here? She asks Simon. He goes on to give her some numbers. He reassures her that the place is legit, basically. He talks about acute radiation poisoning um, and why you're not hearing people is because it's uh, not very pretty, but it's quiet. Oof, that description's really heinous. And then he goes on to say, the biggest killer in this place is infection. That is why we have you quarantined. <laughs> and then he says, we found a cyst on your ovary. Nothing serious. We need to keep your reproductive system healthy. He goes down the craziest Oof. path here. It's like, so if let this me ask fucker, you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead and riff on this. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was like, if you weren't suspicious of this guy's intentions before this whole fucking talk, you should be now. Of like, what is with this totally irrelevant, we have to preserve the human ovaries and women. You could give a big, you really should think about your place. And she's just like, fucking leave me alone. Like, what the hell? I'm here recovering from a gunshot wound. We're going to have to talk about this? What the fuck? It's such it's a bizarre, Cylon dude. play, though, isn't it? Oh, it is so robotic, the way he goes about it, man. It it's is not so just that, but like, it, it reminds me of... It's like something <laughs> Six would say. It's almost like he's delighting in it, though. Like, it's a weird... It's it's. It seems to me, if I was a betting man, that him saying it is almost a... We're going to reveal to you soon that you are in our breeding program and I am a Cylon. And I'm warming you up to that idea right now. And he's almost taking a twisted pleasure in watching her react to it without betraying his emotions to us or her. It's weird, man. Like, it's, it sounds like some serial killer shit. <laughs> it fucking does. Doesn't it, it sound so, like some serial killer shit? It's so cold and, like, removed and exactly. Uh, a lot of women with your history forego bearing children of their own. I am a fucking mm. Cylon overlord. Potential like, mothers just... are more valuable than Viper pilots. <laughs> Interlinked. The... <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Oh, that's... A lot of ovaries are interlinked. Ovaries interlinked. <laughs> a lot of old fractures interlinked fractures from childhood. <laughs> What's your baseline, doctor? <laughs> It is interesting. It just malfunctions. Fucking just fries. Jesus. But no, yeah, I mean, that's the soulless ass way where he's like, well, many women who have been abused are afraid of passing on their bitch. She's like, get the fuck out. Like, what the fuck? Right. Leave me alone. Right. Fucking weirdo. And he just stands up all quiet. Boop, 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 boop. Roboting my way out now. It's also a real bad play by him. Super bad. It's a really like, well, bad play because that's an intimate detail that Leoben figured out. He for how somehow we still have yet to know. Right. So we'll see. And also, I mean, like it's such a I think one of the most interesting flaws in the Cylons, and six is a little different because she she's so in deep with uh Gaius and has him kind of, you know kind of wrapped around her finger whether he likes it or not that she can be more honest about their intentions even though she's not fully honest um but with this guy i think it's interesting because he's he's essentially undercover he's trying to pull off a a guise here and Mm. get her thinking that she's in among humans but he cannot help as a cylon talking about some like 
borderline religious shit, like their beliefs, their beliefs about being fruitful and motherhood and like all, you know, this almost religious kind of importance around all of it. He can't help but get into that stuff. And sure. I'm like, that is, it's it, it, as funny as much as we're joking about him being a robot, that's such a human flaw to like not be able to stay on topic, to not be professional in that way. Right. Like he can't help himself. He starts talking about like essentially Cylon beliefs of like, well, you know, it's a very important that we have, we have to have women who can give birth. That's such a crucial thing. And I'm like, you as a doctor, this is not what you need to be addressing right now. This is, you have a trauma victim. That's not like, why are you even talking about this? But yeah. it's, he can't fucking help it. Yeah. It's almost religious in its fervor. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is fascinating. Yeah. Again, totally fascinated by the Cylons. Still don't understand <laughs> Still don't. It's so good. Yeah, it's good shit. We'll talk about, maybe we'll do a little freeform on them at the end here, but Mm -hmm. we do have this moment where she yells him out of the room. We cut back to Adama. He's looking over Rosalind's manifesto, essentially is what I'm calling it. And uh, Mm -hmm. this is incredible. So I wrote this down. It says the following. It seems I have been chosen to help you lead, uh, chosen to help lead you to the promised land of earth. I will not question this choice. I'll simply play my part in this plan. Therefore, at the appointed hour, I will give a signal to the fleet. All those wishing to honor the gods and walk to path of, walk the path of destiny will follow me back to Kobol. It is there that we will meet the gods, servant with the arrow of Apollo. Madama yeah, insists baby. that anybody who's stupid enough to believe this crap, <laughs> they can leave with her. I mean, and this is this holy is after shit, Rosalind. This is after he slams down all the folders and sends papers scattering everywhere. The most angry I've seen him on the fucking deck, I feel like. Right. What do you think of this shit from Rosalind, man? Well, I mean, to be honest, like, and, and you know, it is hard for me to come down on either side of, like, who do I agree with? I'm more just interested in both, but balls, yes, move by Rosalind. She had to know that this would go up his ass sideways because he hates this religious shit. And that thing is just like oozing, dripping with religious imagery and prophecy and the arrow of Apollo and all destiny. Yes. Like it's so ooey gooey with that, that she knew he was going to hate that shit. Right. Especially, Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting situation, but I don't know. I will say this. The, the 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 situation is fascinating in that she can't just say, well, you you disbarring the government is illegal or it isn't. It is a time of war. It is martial law. She did resist and rebel against his decision. She turned one of her officers against him by sending her off with a special presidential mission. Man, it, it's going to be hard for her to debate or win the quorum of 12 or, or even just the, the voice of the, the, the people. She's not going right. to convince the people. Oh, I I'm here's all the things I did to compromise the military. That's kept us, kept us safe <laughs> thus far. Mm-hmm. Right. So <laughs> it's, what do you do here? Right. What do you do? She thinks, okay, this is the angle I'm going to take in right. hope that there are enough devout people left here in this fleet, which we don't know as viewers. Right, we have no idea. It is a ballsy gamble by her, but what other gamble could she have taken? Could she have tried to debate this and that? And I I don't know, man. I I think it's ballsy, and it sounds fucking crazy, but if you're a religious person, 
and you take the sacred scrolls as as uh, as truth, and you're in lockstep with Rosalind on these beliefs and these prophecies, especially when you see where the human race is currently, you may just believe her. Yeah. And, and, and that I, is a power that cannot be totally. separated with the military. Right. Right. You can I kill mean, people, I, but you can't change what they believe. Oh, yeah. Absolutely not. Just There's look no at Earth. forcing that out. <laughs> I mean, there you go. <laughs> and I mean, I, one of the most interesting things I still think about Rosalind, and we see it in this episode multiple times, is I still don't know how much of a true believer she is. I don't know if deep down at heart she 100% believes. I think she just has seen enough to where she's like, I don't know if I believe, but enough is happening to where I still Think like I think this is true, despite its supernatural possibility or not. Like these are things that just need to happen uh, for the safety of, of of everyone. Like she's just been convinced by the for her her the pretty hard proofs of the visions and the, the correspondence with the prophecy. But I still I question her own religious fervor. Uh-huh. But that's what that's why I like her sending this message out because I'm like she drums up the religious fervor and everybody else and and makes the gamble of like let's see how many people will stand on me based on this alone. So you and, think that she maybe to, to to sort of paraphrase her, you said you you think she maybe is half hearted in this religious thing? Not that, it's hard to describe. I don't think she like I think she how is about full, this believes it. She believes it enough to do it. Yeah, I mean, she's like keeping Elosha close, that's for sure, these days. Right, and to send out Starbuck and, and to, to get mm-hmm. the arrow of Apollo and to think that she needs to be at back at Cobol, like, to do, to actually physically do the things that this prophecy says needs to be done, she believes it enough to her, she's like, I think we have to, we have to follow it and carry it mm-hmm. out. Sure. But I still wonder if, like, in her heart of hearts, if she believes in the existence of the gods. Boy, that's a gamble if you don't. Right, right. Like I think she, I think she. Just I mean, with everything, like you like, said, to to even take this up against Adama, right? That's intense. Because that, she's talked to him before about how she's like she feels like this is all just bigger than her, and maybe she's just a smaller mm-hmm. part in it. Whereas everybody else looks at her like she's the fucking messiah now. Yeah, uh, well, she's like, been, I think. Huh? No, I'm sorry. I was just saying. Like, continue. I interrupted oh. you. I apologize. Very good. Uh, but yeah, it's like she feels still pretty small in this, and like she's very unsure of her role in this. But she just thinks she's kind of like a catalyst for the whole thing. I'm like, well, she's she's distinctly said, "I think I, I I feel I have a part to play. I am apparently the dying leader." When she told Billy, right, 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 pretty intense. But even like that's what I'm saying, man. The way she says that, she sounds like she's like, "Well, it just turns out that I am. Like that's what my role in this is supposed to be. So I'm going to go with it." Like. Just, there's like an odd point of like she doesn't fall into like and I am the chosen like she doesn't buy her own bullshit in a way like it's she's it, still it's probably because she's a rational person and mm-hmm. and it's hard to just say holy shit this stuff is real but I think that I think that there is this part of us in our heads a little bit maybe not everybody but a lot of us to where if things start to literally play out as spoken in the Bible literally yeah. I don't mean we're drawing conclusions here I think people would start to go fuck man I don't know. I better roll yeah. with it and see where this goes. <laughs> so I don't make Jesus I, mad at I, me. I can't believe this is actually happening. Like she must be beside herself. Right. Right. I yeah. agree. Anyway, back on the Astral Queen, Rosalind presents herself to the prisoners of the Astral Queen and they immediately bow to her. That is bow. massive. Yeah, dude. And that's what I'm talking about. She is or so is like it? 
I, it feels were they like coached? It, were they coached? Uh, oh, now you're throwing all sorts of doubt. I didn't even fucking think about that. Motherfucker. The first time I watched it, I thought of it. Really? Yep. I honestly, damn, dude. And as I'm watching it again now, I see Zarek in the background watching over her, touching everybody. And I'm like, fuck, maybe you're right. I, that didn't even cross my mind. Not saying that, I am or I'm not. I'm just telling you the first time I watched this, I thought, dude, did he set this fucking room up? For her to walk through. Yeah. Right. But then I, but then I ask myself, to what end? Exactly. Why exactly. would that help him? Yeah, which I can't even imagine. Right. I can't even imagine how that would help. Uh, but at the same time, I would not put something like that beneath <laughs> Zarek. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I could see him doing some shady shit like that. Yeah. That's, um, that's slick. It but, is uh, slick. Elosha kind of tells her to run with it. I mean, Rosalind is taken aback by this whole thing. And this goes back to you, what you just said and what we talked about for a minute, which is put yourself in her shoes. Things start to literally play out as they are written in a sacred text. These people literally bow to you. Bow. (laughs) You're going to say, wait, no. I mean, you're getting a lot of responsibility thrust upon you. Oh, yeah. It's also reaffirming the fact that if this is literal, you're dead. Yeah. That's another angle that sucks for her. It's true. Like if you believe it, you know that you're toast. (laughs) That's a good point. Ugh. Stop bowing. (laughs) Stop bowing. I don't want to be this guy. But she goes by and starts to bless them. All right, all right, Krishna. Wait, what? Yeah. She she walks by and kind of does this blessing thing and, and, and they respond. What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, it it shows, for one, this is already kind of a, a preview of the religious fervor among the fleet uh, of sure. like, wow, this is not just, because you could almost watch, you could watch most of the first season and genuinely wonder, is this like a small belief at this point? Is, are, like, are like 90% of people non-religious in this world, but there's like a few small people left that are... But you start to realize, like, no, a lot of people still believe this. This is still a pretty powerful belief and and you know thought structure out there. Like, yeah, and and because I was wondering that, I kept wondering at the start of this episode. I really did wonder how many people on the fleet in the fleet would really respond to this. Like, how many ships? Mm. And Ty is all like, ah, two, maybe three tops. And I'm like, right. I kind of feel like he's right. I honestly thought my guess, you know, that's something we should talk about. When he said that, my guess was, mm, I bet it's going to be higher than that, but I bet more like 10. That's what I was thinking. And then later on in the episode, it's like, what, 20 fucking four? Mm-hmm. Almost a, a third. third of the fleet. It's like, holy shit, that was more than any of us thought. I wonder if that has something to do with the, with, with the fact that Ty declared martial law and people thought Adama was out of commission and they were like, fuck this. Right. Yeah, like I, you know, that's I, a good point. I know Adama had point. just come back, but they're probably thinking some some colonel who isn't has no love affair with with us as civilians is running the show. He declared martial law. I mean, they're they're breaking up, they're fracturing. We need to we need to this is a danger zone. I could that's see that point. being I could definitely see three into or the four decision. three or four ships worth of people being like, "We're not religious, but we're going to tag along cuz we want to get the fuck out of here." Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I could definitely see that. Well, mm-hmm. Anders and Hilo, um, they're scouring the area where Starbuck went missing. Sharon yeah. presents herself. I know where she is. Sharon? She's- where have you been? Who is she, Anders asks. She's with us, Hilo says. Dude. You're the father and- of my child, Hilo. I'm not going to lose you. Hey! <sighs> what? 
spreading my business all over town, girl. Damn. <laughs> you ain't giving me no child support shit. <laughs> 18 years. Got you 18 years. <laughs> How much of my paycheck do you want? God hmm. Damn, Uncle Sam. Well, what did you think about uh, Sharon's return? Dude, I love it. I love it. And honestly, like, I'm still, I know it's been a while since we've gotten to talk about her. Uh, you know, the, the Caprica boomer, Caprica Sharon. I'm still, at the end of the day, kind of rooting for her, man. I'm like, I right. want her to be the good Cylon who really has revolted against her Cylon programming and against the man. I'm like, yeah, have that human Cylon half-breed of, of your own accord, and, and you're happy about it. It's your choice. Strong, independent woman. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> come on. I want that. I want that to be true. And I still, this episode to me is more fodder that it is true. Then again, I still never trust these fucking Cylon long cons. Who the fuck knows? Right. Um, but also my biggest thing when she actually you know pops out from the tree and is like, it's me, Boomer. I was like, you better not let these motherfuckers know you're a Cylon because they're going to light you up immediately. Sure. Uh, and they have seen skin job versions. And I honestly was more like, are you sure they haven't seen Boomer versions before? And they might just be like, that's a Cylon. Brr. Like I was like, that's that was true. kind of a gamble uh, yep. on her part. My guess is she knows she hasn't been spotted, but it is a huge them. gamble. Yeah. You're huge definitely gamble, right about dude. that. I never even thought about that before. Yeah, but uh, she is in, she's in a colonial game. flight suit. I mean, obviously that doesn't that doesn't mean shit. Anybody can put on a flight suit, but I think Hilo reacting to her immediately and saying she's with us is what got her not shot. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. But the the some of that treachery and 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 you're hoping for her and and wondering if she is in fact a renegade. Uh, we'll talk about that at the end because there's some good conversation when they get Starbuck back. Totally. So back on the Astral Queen, it jumps away after uh, popping up a signal probe of sorts. Um, on the CIC, Adam and Ty wait to see how many follow. They assume a couple at best. Yeah, exactly. Like you already said. We go back to Starbucks. She wakes up again. Clearly, she's in a drug cycle of sorts and her wound doesn't appear to be healing. In fact, she has a new cut. She has a new wound, man. Fuck that's off. some crazy shit. Right. That Simon is, says, oh, yeah. we're just about done with you. We had to go back in, blah, blah, blah. Right? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Lies and bullshit. Just a couple more tests. She laughs. I guess we'll be sending you back into the fight. <laughs> Pops more meds into her IV tube. I just woke up, and now you're going back to sleep. That's creepy. Very. And you're this, the doc, this she is says. The time, though. Right? Where she pinches it off. Yeah, she pinches the IV tube. Awesome. And hell yes. So kick ass. Off. Hell yes. It's Rips so exciting. It like that's I love that shit. Oh, me too. Me too. It's so fucking satisfying to see her. I was like, yes! Fuck this shit. Fuck this Cylon setup bullshit. She makes her way to the hallway and she sees Simon briefing a six. Oh, it's so good. It's mm. so gratifying. It's like I fucking knew it. I knew this is Cylon bullshit. And he's basically talking about, like, what? The specimen? Or the, oh, you know, we think she's salvageable, but we got to, you know, get her her ovaries, you know, to yeah. the processing facility. Joy. Basically. <laughs> she goes back to uh, her room, and she's scared. I like the human responses from Starbuck here. Oh, yeah. Lords absolutely. of Cobalt, please help me. She does a little prayer, doesn't she, Matt? Because she's a religious woman. Yeah, we've seen her do it before. Um, the next morning, Simon goes to greet her in the room, and Starbuck has a wolfish grin upon her face, oh, boy. Oh, my God, does she ever. 
I'm like, you're not human because you couldn't tell that that face was going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure you're feeling okay? Simon asks. Something has been bothering me lately, she says. And we get that great shot of the broken mirror. Oh, it's so And she just blasts him right in the neck. I never told you my call sign was Starbuck. And he says, you can't kill me. Just die. Squirting blood everywhere. Very intense attack. I love it. Um, and Simon drifts off into whatever fucking Cylon hell exists. <laughs> you mean you kidding me into his next Cylon body? There you no go. probs at all, baby. <laughs> uh, Sarabuk, uh, what'd you think of this scene that her attacking him? Dude, I, I fucking love it. I, this, and it is what I wanted. I wanted this POW bursting out of the, you know, like we already talked about the, the secret German cover up camp. Yep. Hell yeah. Give me that shit. And her just being ready to stab him. That's exactly what I wanted. The moment I was like, dude, this guy's a scion. This is fucked up. I was like, I hope she finds a way to stab this guy. <laughs> so satisfying. Starbuck finds a way, Excellent. much like life. Love it. And down she goes, man. And off through the halls to find this horrific dude. ass fucking, I guess, breeding center farm. The farm. The titular the farm. farm. Yeah. And I guess these women are, what, barely kept alive? They're just reusing their ovaries over and over? It's gross, man. Oh, it's fucking hideous. But, like, literally, when you cut off the power, all the women die. Yep. And so I'm like, fuck. That's how they're kept alive at this point? Jesus. Pretty intense, dude. Ugh. But also, I mean, we have to. This was one of the men. This is one of the people here. Wait, what's up? This was one of the one of the one of the people in the group. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, Andrew's group. Andrew's crew. That's right. I have her name yeah. written down somewhere. I'll find it eventually. It's like Sue, Sue Sean or something, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Something like that. There we go. Kill me. But, okay. Starbucks smashes up these hot water heaters. Yep. Kills everybody. Um, Cut the power. She also Cut smashes six with a fire extinguisher. That is ballsy. I fucking loved it because when six started coming through that door, I was like, she's going to see you fucked. What do you do? Like, yeah, she's going to see you. Yeah. Didn't even think about the fact that she could grab a fire extinguisher. I love it. <laughs> Improvised <So> weaponry. <laughs> love her stumbling off the hall. with her yep. fucking hand on her wound. And then she sees another Simon who gets shot up by Anders and Hilo. <laughs> so satisfying again. Again. I love it. I was like, ah, Starbucks. <laughs> it's fucking lit up. <laughs> they start like, moving. You think he's going like, to give a villain speech? Like, you can't really kill us. We're invincible. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no time for that shit. Fucking dope. They're moving on the compound in force. They rescue her with Sharon's help. <laughs> Very cool. She's so happy about that. Uh, we but go yeah, to the CIC. I'll- Gator reports 23 ships jumped. Commander. That's that almost is. a third. Well, that's almost a third of the fleet, Ty says. <laughs> and Adama just fucking storms off. Oh, yeah. Pissed. Overwhelmed with emotion, crying, sobbing. Why? Oh, damn, man. Heartbreaking. It is. To see my boy like that. Because hmm? I, and I'm trying to remember, you know, it's been a while since we've watched those episodes. I mean, he was torn up about her shooting herself, right? Absolutely. I mean, that was something that devastated him. I mean, he cared a lot about Boomer. Yeah. Well, and this, oh man, this scene fucking, this scene choked me up, dude. Like straight up, like, oh, poor fucking Adama. 
And like I said, it is still hard for me at this point. I don't think I can even truly take a side between Adama and Rosalind and be like, well, they're right and this one's wrong. Like, it's just interesting and they each have... Yeah, know, I think you're, I think it's supposed to be. You watch it and it's interesting. I don't think it's, you know... Exactly. They I'm sure some people good, take sides on it, but... Oh, sure. They just have good, consistent, interesting reasons. But yep. uh, But Adama is the one I by far feel the worst for. I mean, the man sure. almost died. He He's, in his mind, lost his son. Um, and now he's he's starting to lose people that he trusted and cared about and you know loved like kids and themselves. Yeah. And now he gets to stare down the one who almost fucking killed him. Never got to confront her about it either or talk to her about it. Mm-hmm. And it's not even anger. No, he's so sad. He's so fucking heartbroken over this. Which kind of goes back to him and the way he feels about the people under his command. Is they're his family in a sense. Right. Oh man, this scene is is devastating. Almost fucking kills it, dude. Yep. Oh, so sad. Sharon, Boomer, Anders, and Hilo. Your connection's terrible, by the way. Uh-oh. That's okay. <laughs> it's not delayed. It's just you sometimes sound like you're speaking to me and you are in your, like, four inches tall. Yeah. <laughs> you just sound like a million miles away, but it's fine. So they discuss the farms. Yeah. Yeah. Were they going to knock me up with some Cylon kid? And Sharon says they were going to try. We haven't been successful so far. Honestly, man, I like this particular Sharon being honest about yep. that. Being this like, is awesome. I know I'm one of them. Like, yeah, we we haven't been successful thus far. Like, she she doesn't try to. It's almost more bullshitty if she tries to be like, well, yeah, the other Cylons haven't been successful. Like, trying to remove herself, but she's like, I know I'm one of them. Like, I'm not right. gonna. You guys know I know. Well, I'm not gonna pretend. Yeah, we haven't been successful. Uh, and Anders been, says. Supposedly they can't reproduce biologically, so he's he kind of knows some shit too. This guy, yeah. I mean, th- what we're starting to get the picture of too here, especially in this episode, is that Caprica, after being cleared out of humanity, it's not like they only attacked Caprica to kill all of the humanity that was there and then invade it and and crush out the last of the resistance. It's like they're using it as a staging base for themselves. Like they took over the planet so they can start making these farms, making, Mm. you know, fuel stations and shit. And Mm. this is part of their plan. But one of the big questions that, you know, seeing the actual farm scene that Kara destroys and then now talking about it and how the Cylons can't reproduce biologically really really fucking makes me wonder how the skin job Cylons work, dude. Indeed. Like, I just, I I didn't think I could have more questions about it, and yet here we are. So, <laughs> it's this oh next line must have fucked with you. Um, mm-hmm. Starbuck asks, why? And Sharon says the following. Procreation. That is one of God's commandments. Be fruitful. We can fulfill it. We've tried. So we decided to, and Starbuck cuts in rape women. But before that, if I were, if we were still doing a trivia segment, (laughs) and I grabbed that, and I grabbed that fucking piece of dialogue, and I said, who says this dialogue next week? Six, Boomer, or Starbuck? I think you would have guessed six. I probably would have guessed six. Of course you would have. Because that sounds like six talk, doesn't it? It does sound like six talk. Sixy talk. <laughs> sixy talk. She does got some sixy talk, that one. <laughs> Gaius. Um, Gaius, pump me full. Uh. Gaius, my velvety sexy voice. What do you, so who have, who's displayed religious fervor or at least talked about it 
It's been Leoban and six. Nobody else. True. That's true. So now and Sharon's now, talking about the one God versus the colonials who see many. Right. Well, and to be honest, this didn't surprise me. I wasn't shocked by it. I was like, if she's a Cylon, then I think they all have these views. Like, uh-huh. that's that's their religious ideal. I mean, and, and I mean, because they're Cylons, and this is where it starts getting tricky, but because they're Cylons, they kind of have some level of a hive mind that I'm like, well, the, then their beliefs, their ideology must be pretty consistent across all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got to be, right? But at the same time, that also throws into question the whole idea of, well, how individually can any of them act? How rebellious can any Cylon actually be? And that's where I'm like, that's where I want to trust this Caprica Sharon, and I'm still, but I'm like, but I saw one of you shoot a Dama. Like, I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so yeah. It's I mean, so if much, if you were to man. apply this principle to humans, then the answer would be clear. Some people will say whatever, but how they behave and act is completely and utterly differently. And this yeah. goes back to our conversation last episode, which was how we discussed that if you had a walnut-sized chip in your brain that could override you at any minute, it it alters the dynamics here of what is believable rebellion or dissension of thought versus what isn't right right but i like how starbuck bumps in here rape human women (laughs) if you agreed to bear children sharon says it would be voluntary maybe even set you up somebody you like oh like you two kids starbuck says i love starbuck (laughs) and this shit she's so awesome just fucking taking her to task on every why not why not? I mean, it's true. As much as I root for this chair in, in a way, I'm still like, but you got a lot of shit to answer for. Like, th- th- she's right. Mm-hmm. We are Ugh. different, Sharon says. What the frack is that supposed to mean? They have this theory that one thing missing was love, Hilo says. So Sharon and I were set up to what? Fall in love? <laughs> Sue Sean wasn't asked. They put a tube in her and they hooked her up to a machine. God. So they must be getting, this can't be, one thing we got to say about this too, is that this can't just be experiments. Like this farms, everything. They're getting some results out of this. Like they, they must be. It just, like I can't imagine. Which means Sharon's lying? Or she doesn't know. Yeah, I think it's more that she doesn't know at this point. Like I I feel like she's kind of unplugged herself from the the Cylon knowledge, I guess. Mm. Um, You know, the current knowledge or whatever. Okay. But at the same time, I'm like, there's no way. You know, maybe they have been unsuccessful and they're not getting the exact thing they want, but there's no way you have this many people. And I believe the one thing I do believe Simon on when he, you know, the doctor, what he said was that they have hundreds of people there. Like I believe there were multiple floors just like that one that that you know Kara came across. That there are tons of women they have hooked up. Uh and so I'm like, you're getting something out of this, even if it's just raw stem cell DNA or something. I don't know. Like, I, ah, it's so bizarre. Well, what about this? They know who you are, Kara. You're special. Leoben told you that, Boomer says. You have a destiny. Right. How would she know that down on Caprica? How does I she mean, know about the intimate discussions between, in the interrogation room, between right. Leoben and her? Well, I think, so again, this is my, my Cylon theory. Uh, up until the point where she was still going along with this whole I'm pretending to be actual human Sharon before she decides that she actually loves Hilo and and gives up being a part of the Cylon conspiracy against humanity. 
up until that point, she's plugged into, you know, the Cylon hive mind and getting all the information that all the other ones are. Because I do think that the the copies of Six and Simon and Leoben and Boomer, they're all intercommunicating all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, they're keeping each other abreast of everything sure. that's happening. That makes every sense. Important, every, yeah, every bit of important information that comes out of Adama or, or you know, that Six discovers or Leoben been talking to a lot, Rosalind or, or Starbuck, all of it. I think that information has come back. If we are to believe that this is the Sharon, this particular one is actually rebelling against her Cylon programming and has you know, removed herself from them genuinely as acting as an individual who wants to help you know, the human race and, and Hilo, then I think she, part of that is that she's had to like cut her Ethernet cable <laughs> to, to the rest of the Cylon. So up until that point, think I think that she, would be a design flaw? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe, see again, so maybe just, So let me ask you this. Let me okay. try to clarify. Sure. Just sure. so you don't get pulled off into the fucking lily pads. Like we always do. So, well, no, I mean, it's fine. It's speculation is the name of the game. That's why this podcast is fun as, as far as that goes. But <laughs> if if Sharon, if you you rooting for this particular Sharon means that you think, to to, to summarize what you're saying is, you might, there's a part of you that believes, or at least wants to believe, that this Sharon is somehow a renegade from the rest of them. And when she made that decision consciously, she right. severed her connection to the rest of the Cylon hierarchy and is now an independent actor. Right. Right. Cool. And now that all said, there is still a part of me that wonders if she believes that and thinks that's what she's done. And thinks that she is acting independently and she's made these choices. But even that belief is a Cylon-instructed thing. And at any moment, they can turn her right back on. And That's, and that's so deep. That's so, so deep, so confusing. Though. So that would be know. like saying, okay, we, she thinks she severed her connection but didn't. Exactly. And the fact that she thinks she does was part of the, the subterfuge. It seems a little wonky. You see what the show's doing to me, Dean? Yes. <laughs> you see what you, it's fucking you gotta, doing to me? So here's what I'll do. I'll, here's what I'll help <laughs> you to do to help you with your speculating. Okay, please. Remember that it still has to be a watchable show. <laughs> That's not super fucking confusing to people. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, then in that case, man. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that it's not, it's not impossible that right. she thinks she severed herself and didn't. But I think right. you're going deep when you say she thinks she severed herself because she was told to think that she severed it, but didn't. Yeah, I mean, it's like, what the fuck, man? It can, that's, like, that's like writers that just need to fucking jump off a bridge if they're trying to get let's, too cute, you know? Let's write primer. <laughs> nice. Mm, dunk on nice, that. baby. I'm going to dunk on that actually good movie. <laughs> I know. It's a fucking crazy movie. <laughs> oh, fuck. But yeah, no, and that, if that... That all said, uh, I'm still going to go with my my initial gut that yes, this is an independent agent, Sharon, and she has severed her connection, and that like I cho- I am choosing to believe that whether it ends up being right or wrong. What do you think of that? What do you think of this? Love was the missing ingredient, so Sharon and I were set up. I mean, that's, that's a, a big reveal if it's in fact true, because we always right? wondered what's her angle, why. I'm going to pump then, hot love into her, and then he's fucking her. So I mean. What do you think of that statement? I mean, Hilo um, said it, and and he's cool with it. <laughs> but my point is, didn't Hilo was the one who said it? So that's yeah. some off-camera, pretty important conversation that we weren't really privy to, right? Yeah, you know, hmm. oh shit! Now I'm trying to remember. 
I mean, they come around, you know, we see them come around on screen of, uh, of like, you know, he stops being suspicious of her and stop trying to kill her. To, yeah, she goes around. Right. He stops yeah. trying to kill her. He, he comes around to it. He shoots her I, at one point. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's still pretty hard suspicious for a while. But he yeah. comes around. And I, I mean, I guess this that's a crazy. Level, that's a crazy thought process. But it is kind of interesting, too. Right, and because it implies so much about how the Cylons basically knew that that he had had a thing for Boomer and had been kind of in love with her, and they're going to play off of that, and he knows that and accepts it. It's like I still actually love her, anyways. Let me ask you That's this: really if your independent actor, if Sharon the Renegade, severed mm-hmm. herself from the connection from the from the from the Cylon hierarchy, when she says the following. They know who you are, Kara. You're special. Laoban told you, you have a destiny. Does that mean that Sharon believes Laoban or she's actively deceiving her? I mean, so this is, with your current thought process, this is an important thing for her to say here because it means a lot. Oh, yeah. If she's a renegade. Why would well, you and, tell yeah. Kara that she has a destiny to fulfill and that she is special? And Laoban told you that. She's almost saying, I sign off on this. And I am a renegade, according to Matt. <laughs> if I'm not playing a game with, with Starbuck here. I mean, that's huge. Well, for one, I think you could see it in one sense as her giving her some warning of like, this is how the Cylons see you. They see you as an important, integral piece of all of this. And so you're, you got a fucking target on your back. Why not um, just think, say it then? That's explicitly. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and so I'll her, say it again. And, they know yeah. who you are, Kara. You're special. Laoban told you that. You have a destiny. And see, that to me goes to the fact that I think regardless of whether she's an independent actor or not, she has those ingrained Cylon beliefs okay. still, regardless. Yep. Like the, her I gotcha. religious views, her views of procreation and all of that are still come back to that. Like, you know, it's the same way as somebody can, can renounce, you know, uh, you know, abandon an army and leave a war, but they're still like, well, I still believe in, you know, the, the, the initial religious cause they were fighting for or something, but Let like, me I ask don't want to fight for them. Yeah. Leoban clearly had an effect on Starbuck, correct? Oh, for sure. And according to your own logic, these communications are all relevant to this Sharon prior to her becoming a renegade and severing her link. Mm-hmm. So... Sharon is intimately aware of the effect that Laoban had on Starbuck because otherwise, why even say Laoban told you that? Why even say that word, that, that sentence? Right, because she believes it. Mm. She believes it, and she wants to impress it further upon Kara. And she knows that Laoban had an effect on Kara. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's, she knows that that's important. mentioning his name would. So they go on to talk about how many women they have on these farms, as you already pointed out, hundreds or thousands. So Starbuck has a plan. We're going to take the heavy raider. We're going to cram it up full of troops. We're going to fucking blast these places down one at a time. Yeah, liberate them, she says. Yep. Andrew says, that's not why you came to New Caprica. He gives Starbuck the arrow. Fucking cool. This is fucking cool. However, I'm like, was this an off-camera conversation? Because, like, I don't remember her talking about this, about her mission, what she was sent here by Rosalind for. Mm, yeah, probably not explicitly cool. told. Right. But he, but maybe, maybe pillow talk. Maybe <laughs> Hilo said something. Yeah. And I guess he must <laughs> it's, be it's the very, it's type very, as well. It's very possible Hilo said something off camera to him. Why yeah. are you guys here while she's missing and gone? You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. 
And obviously he cares enough about the, the prophecy and the, the whole religious angle here enough to f- notice the fucking arrow of Apollo and take it and hide it. Hmm, that's intense. That's intense, man. And like the hiding spot is cool as shit. Moves that old oil drum, yeah, cool. reaches down to a watery hole to a case, opens that up. I was like, damn, <laughs> dude, you were really committed. Yep. It's cool. Well, he gives it to her. Go find Earth. What about you, she asks. You said you needed professional advice. We'll muddle through. We've managed so far. And she just says, they will kill you. You'll die here, all of you. Mm, rough. <laughs> Thanks for the uh, the vote of support, Kara. Mm. <laughs> but she's right, though. Like I'm still like, Ugh, she's kind of right. A lot of people die here. I'll tell you this. If I'm going to die here, I will take out every last one of those farmers before I do. I'm not going to leave you. You said you'd come back. Remember, I'm going to hold you to it. He tries to offer the necklace. She gives it back, almost saying, I will be back. I'm coming yeah. back. I said it. I meant it. Be safe. Dude, it's great. It's great. Very I honest. <clears throat> I honest to God did not expect the parting of their, you know, I don't know, sort of fling, their romance, their friendship, whatever you want to think of it as. Uh, that was established very loosely at the end of the last episode, seen briefly in this one. I didn't think it was going to affect me this much, but I genuinely was like felt heartbroken for her. I was like, fuck, mm-hmm. poor Kara. Just can't ever be, can't ever have anything for more than a minute. Right. That's for sure. Uh, it's it's always and fleeting she, with Starbuck. Yeah. And Katie Sackhoff again, just fucking. She yeah, rules. Her, She's fucking her whole, great. She's fucking great, man. Her holding back the tears, her, you know, when she gets pulled back to him after she's, you know, you see her mustering up the the strength to turn around and walk away. When he pulls her back, it's just like barely containing it. She's great. It's awesome because it it just highlights, it, it continuously highlights her strength as a character, in my opinion. I think yeah, this is, uh, I think it's important for people to show vulnerability. I think in showing vulnerability to other people, it actually demonstrates your strength and trust of other people. I think people that continuously hide their emotions and, and are never forthcoming with them um, are are afraid and weaker for it. I'm not saying right. be a blubbering idiot all the time, but I do think it's um, I do think there is a strength in being vulnerable. Allowing yourself right. to be vulnerable shows strength because what the fuck are you afraid of all the time if you never do? Right? That's what are you point. afraid of? You're being f- afraid. You're being a pussy. What are you afraid of? Right? <laughs> You're I always take that opposite of- reaction. If someone's like, oh, I got emotional watching this movie. Oh, you big puss. I'm like, you're a fucking puss. Fuck you. <laughs> me putting it out there is brave, bro. Like, don't tell yeah. me about it, right? And I think that's what makes her, you know, there are probably some fucking third wave feminazis who are like, she's not like, oh, just stop looking at this bail. Right? Like, no, that's not it. It's it's showing a strength of character for her. And, and he's upset too. They had a connection and, Connections are fleeting in the post-apocalyptic world where people are just getting snatched into fucking oblivion at every turn. And you have this moment of warmth and comfort and intimacy and and it sucks and it is fleeting and you do see it go and you did let yourself feel something and now you're and now you have to walk away because of this other calling and you hope that maybe you'll get a chance to see this person again and that they don't die down here. And that's something, man. That's good storytelling to me. God damn it, my rant is over. <laughs> I do agree. Sorry, I do okay. agree, sir. Anyway, that's what I think. My in my humble opinion, <laughs> so fucking humble. My humble soapboxed opinion. <laughs> I almost fucking sprang my ankle climbing off that thing. <laughs> and I would have cried about it. Soapboxes from IKEA, baby. I would have cried about it too in front of you. 
<laughs> right in front of me, right in front staring of me. me in the eyes. Now that's different. That 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 gets you ousted from the tribe. <laughs> Open eye stare tears. Yeah, that's I'm not saying story. being one of these fucking blubbering crying people all the time. Like fuck off, get a hold of yourself. <laughs> you know what? I think you know what I'm trying to say. I do. I do. All right. I'm going to let you keep saying it. My manhood's still intact? (laughs) Yeah, there it is. I'm going to check. I'm going to grab my balls. Yep, they're still there for now. (laughs) There you are. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, yes, a good touching final moment to this episode, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Me too. Some final thoughts on this one before we say goodbye. Dude, I feel feel pretty fucking tabbed on this one. Juiced up, right? It's fucking damn good shit. I I am loving the emotion from Adama from from Kara. It's like a it's a feely episode, and I like it. I'm very I really like it. Nice. <laughs> Everybody's crying. I miss Everybody's Gaius. Sad. I will say that. Yeah, that's true. We only got to see him clap for three seconds. That was it. <laughs> Be a sarcastic prick. Adama that sounds about Adama. right. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> looking forward. Fills his days. I'm looking forward to the continued reveals to you, uh, your continued theories. Um, I'm looking forward to reliving these moments. A lot of them I forgot, and uh, I, man, I'll tell you, what's going to happen? We got a Caprica boomer hanging out with the rest of them. Are they going to abandon her on Caprica? Doesn't mm-hmm. appear like they left her behind, does it? No. Boy, how's that going to go? I'm wondering how this shit with Zarek's going to pan out. Exciting, of course, the tension between Lee and uh, Commander Adama. That's good stuff. And uh, Ty, yeah. Ty's on the bench a little bit. <laughs> he needs to take a breather. After yeah. declaring martial law, I fracked things up good, Bill. Fracked him up. Fracked him up good, Bill. That's good. He needs a, he needs a little bit of a breather. But um, it looks like the band's getting back together very soon, boy. Hilo has been gone since the miniseries. Yeah, man. Cool, right? It's crazy. Looking forward. We've never seen him aboard. We've never seen him aboard the Galactica, uh, I think. Correct. Except for like a minute or two when they're getting out of the fucking like ship bay. Mm. And I'm going to tell you this right now. We got a tree coming. We have a two-parter coming up. Ooh, sexy. Yeah, it's going to be good. So uh, I think we're going to get out of here. Thank you very much for checking us out. Thanks for uh, continually supporting us. So visit us on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net to see what other shows we have to offer. Remember, subscribe to this and subscribe to our other shows. Tell your friends. Tell the world. That's how we get climbing in those iTunes charts, which I finally figured out how it actually works. It's velocity of new subscriptions in a week. Downloads got nothing to do with it. That's why you'll see newer shows with like, four reviews be number 56 because I had wow. a bunch of people subscribe that week and somehow it's over like, you know, the Joe Rogan experience, which makes no sense with millions <laughs> of downloads. It's just because in that seven days, it had a bunch of new subscribers and that's how it happens. So, um, we'll like, like for example, our Westworld podcast was number like 40 something the other day. And that's just because people are all boned up for Westworld. So they're all <laughs> downloading it and subscribing to it. A bunch of them, will subscribe and maybe some of them will stay and some of them will never come back because they won't like us. But that's what pushes us in. I'm like, I haven't released it. I looked, when 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 Westworld was first coming back, I looked and I was like, oh, wow, look, we're like number 40-something. We haven't even done an episode yet for this season. <laughs> it's just because people are jazzed up and that's the what it is. So is velocity of new subscriptions. So everybody unsubscribe and then resubscribe together. I'm kidding. That's how <laughs> I'm joking. Let's I'm joking. fucking fake our way to the top. No, I don't do that. Let's I'm just game the that. system. But but no, do share episodes. Do share episodes across all our feeds. Um, 
science fiction film podcast. We also have a really cool uh, bonus thing we do. If you're just listening to Battlestar Galactica, first of all, how many of you are just listening to this and not our science fiction film podcast? Right. And why? You should probably <laughs> listen to both. If you like science fiction, you like Battlestar Galactica, uh, you probably like science fiction. Check it out. The and science honestly, fiction film podcast. What, what are we, 17, 18 episodes in on this now? Uh, and we are 253 episodes deep in some science fiction films. So I guarantee you there's at least one movie that you love that we've covered. That's so true. Garen goddamn teed. Garen goddamn teed. Uh, we're looking at some uh, some future projects here. We got some cool ideas, and uh, yeah, man, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good time. We're gonna continue to run this, add some some more content. We always are always cooking things up at Liberty Street Geek. Check us out, LibertyStreetGeek.net. Yes, Join us on all our social media. We have a lot of fun. We have a cool group of people to sit down and chat about shit and uh, all that jazz. All right, Matthew, let's tell these good people uh, goodbye. Get fracked. <laughs>